0: Good morning, uh, Vineyard Church out there, wherever you are. This is probably the first time we've ever done virtual church, virtual virus church. I think we'll name it. Uh, I hope you guys are all doing well, and um, our staff is uh, is praying for you during this time. Um, I I honestly do not understand the toilet paper thing. Uh, it doesn't seem rational, but you know there could be worse things that. People are hoarding. So, uh, anyway, if you're a, a toilet paper hoarder, you you know who you are. So, uh, I'm just saying. Um, I think we're good at our house for a little while, and then we may start looking for alternatives. So, I'm just going to stop right there with that. Hey, a couple of just updates uh, during this time. Uh, I don't know how long this is going to go on. My hope and prayer is that we're back together next next week. So uh, just watch your email uh, for all of that. But um, a couple of things that are happening, you know, Easter's still coming, and um, we're excited about Easter. And uh, if you would like to, to sign up online uh, to be a volunteer, uh, you know, it's a big day for us, and there are a lot of opportunities, especially in the, in the world of kids, and it's a really fun day to work out there with kids. Also, if you could bring candy in, um, it's a simple thing, but for our Easter egg hunt that we have every year. That's, a, that's always a big one. And, um, you know, um, you're not here physically to turn in prayer requests, but at uh, wv.church, uh, you can fill out a form, and we would love to hear from you, how you're doing. The staff will uh, read those and, and, and pray for your prayer requests. Also there, uh, you, can, you can do your online giving. I know a lot of you... Uh, when you're here physically, you do a, a paper check, and so it might be time to, to make an adjustment. And it's a real simple process, even if you're not very techie. I, I actually know how to do it, too, so uh, it's a good thing. Hey, um, I want to jump right in. We, um, well, I do want to update you. Wendy and I have just returned from a, a, a leadership uh, conference. It's an annual Vineyard Leadership Conference. And I just wanted to let you guys know we are part of a, a, a bigger tribe, and it's a great tribe. Um, at this conference, we had two hundred leaders. Our structure is uh, that we have sixteen regions in the United States, and then we have uh, you know regional leaders, and then uh, within those regions, there's about five area leaders, and that's that's kind of how we're we're structured for pastoral care to the pastors. And I am um, a brand new area leader, so. Uh, jumping in there and filling a, a new role but we have about 2,400 churches uh, worldwide and I just want to encourage you when you're traveling um, you know not a lot of traveling going on now but when you are traveling again, uh, stop in and, and see your vineyard friends in, in different uh, you know cities and say hello to the pastor. A lot of us know each other and hang out and so just want you to know we're, we're part of a, a bigger tribe. Uh, I want to thank Zach uh, for teaching for me last Sunday. You know, he, he got one of the, the best ones, uh, Saul's conversion. And he did such a great job. And I just love it that we have people, uh, you know, in our church that can step in and just do a, do a great job when I'm, when I'm out of town. So, you know, Acts, there's been a couple of common themes. Uh, one of them is that there's these messy people showing up in the church. And I I don't know about you, but, um, you know, sometimes uh, church can get a little bit messy because, well, I've said this before, because people are part of the church and and we're messy. I'm messy. You're messy. And and sometimes you show up and there's this new person sitting in your seat, you know, and they don't quite know the lingo and and, and they haven't, you know, been to the classes and they're still kind of ripping the cellophane off their Bible and and, um, you know, it can kind of shake things up. And so that's what seems to be happening in the early church. Uh, a couple weeks ago, we talked about the Samaritans. You know, it used to just be the Jews, just pure Jewish people. And all of a sudden now the Samaritans are, are in. And, and and along with them, a guy named Simon the Sorcerer and, and all of his people are now showing up at church. And um, and then this Ethiopian Eunuch, this guy from Africa, and 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 then now Saul, the the murderer, is is how a lot of people would think of him. Is like, how can he be a part of the church? Like that just doesn't make sense. And today we're going to see another guy who who you wouldn't think would would be a part of the church, but uh, it's a guy named Cornelius, and he's a Roman. So just add Roman, you know, into the mix, And, and you know how the Jews have been oppressed by Rome and ruled by Rome and, and you know, uh, hasn't been a great relationship there. And, and now this, this Roman is going to convert. And to make it worse, he's a, he's a soldier. And so let's jump right in. Acts chapter 10, verse 1. It says, at Caesarea, there was a man named Cornelius, a centurion in what was known as the Italian regiment. So the Roman army, some of you know this, was broken into legions uh, Legion would have been 5,000 to 6,000 men, and, and then there were regiments of about 600. Uh, and then of the 600, there would be like 60 uh, centurions uh, over each of these. And and so, and then a, a centurion, you know, he would have control over like 100 men. So, you know, that's what this guy is. And if you think about it, there have been a couple other centurions uh, in the Bible that, uh, you know, kind of made it, made it in there, and one of them, if you remember, was a guy in Matthew chapter 8 that approached Jesus, and and he said, hey, my, you know, my servant is is ill, he might die, could you could you come in, or could you heal them? He, he, he actually said, you don't really need to even come to my house, because I understand authority, and, and I, I rule people, and you rule people, and you just say it, and it'll happen, and And Jesus looked at him and said, I I haven't seen this much faith in all of Israel. And then you might remember another famous centurion who was at the death of Jesus, witnessing his crucifixion. And he kind of walked in there probably uh, neutral or even against Jesus. And and by the end of it, he made a, a statement that truly... This was the son of God after he saw everything that was happening. And so this centurion is the third one that I know of. And uh, let's go on, verse 2. It says, he and all his family were devout and God-fearing. They gave generously. Uh, he gave generously to those in need and prayed to God regularly. And, and so I'm thinking about this guy. He seems to have everything. He has power. He has influence. He has a career. Uh, Authority. He's probably pretty wealthy uh, for his time, and he still sees, even with all of that going for him, he sees a need for God, and um, and for him to follow uh, Yahweh, the Jewish, you know, God. It means he would have had to have given up on all of the gods of, uh, you know, of Rome, and so this was a big deal that that this guy is. is, is, has this relationship with God and, and, and it, but he's not even part of, of the whole church and a, and a Jew. And so, um, and I, I just wonder like, you know, this guy, it says he's a man of faith and, and Luke kind of gives two proofs of, of why he's a man of faith. He says he's God-fearing, which means he respects God and, and that he gives oh, i 'm sorry that he that, that he gives generously to those in need, and that he prays regularly and, and, and those are the proofs that he 's a god fearing uh, man. I just think that 's interesting doesn 't that seem a little simple to you? It sure seems simple to me uh, that that 's how he 's described, and, and that 's what makes him a, a man of faith that he that he gives to the poor and he, and he prays so uh, let's go on. Verse 3. One day at about 3 in the afternoon, he had a vision. He distinctly saw an angel of God who came to him and said, Cornelius. Cornelius stared at him in fear. What is it, Lord? He asked. And so, uh, you know, whenever angels show up, I've never seen an angel. Maybe you have. They're, I hear they're kind of big and scary. And, you know, one of the things they always say is, fear not. Like, don't be afraid. And here's this trained Roman soldier. And he's obviously shaken. He's, he's scared. Like this guy, you know, you would think he wouldn't be scared of all people. But, but angels have kind of an effect on people. And um, this is what the angel tells him. He says, your prayers and gifts to the poor have come up as a memorial offering to God. Like God has noticed you. You have God's attention. And how did it happen? Your generosity to the poor... And by praying, Uh, that just fascinates me, that God has noticed you. He's accepted your act of worship. And, you know, what gets God's attention? Well, here, it's prayer and and generosity. I think we do a lot of other things to get God's attention, but here's just a simple formula. You remember uh, one time Jesus was watching people giving their offerings and uh, a lot of people were, were giving their offerings, and they used to do it very public. And he points out this, this, this woman, and he says, look at this woman. He tells his guys, look at her. She just gave a, what seems like a little bit, but for her, like it was everything she had. And it captured Jesus' attention in that moment. I, I just think that's interesting. Verse 5, uh, now send men to Joppa to bring back a man named Simon, who is called Peter. He's staying with Simon the Tanner, whose house is by the sea. Now, that sounds like a great vacation spot. I don't know about you, but, uh, you know, a house by the sea, that just sounds so tranquil and, and, and nice. And Verse 7, when the angel who spoke to him had gone, Cornelius called two of his servants and a devoted soldier who was one of the attendants. He told them everything that had happened and sent them to Joppa. Verse 9, about noon the following day as they were on their journey, And approaching the city, Peter went up on the roof to pray. He became hungry and wanted something to eat. And while the meal was being prepared, he fell into a trance. He saw heaven opened up and something like a large sheet being let down to earth by its four corners. It contained all kinds of four-footed animals, as well as reptiles and birds. And then a voice told him, get up, Peter, kill and eat. Now, the problem with this is these are the kinds of foods that Jew, Jewish, a good Jewish person would never eat. Like, these were, these were on the banned menu, you know? They weren't allowed. And, and so this is kind of interesting and, and, and a little bit confusing uh, for Peter. And I just want to say this. God's, God's not trying to change Peter's diet here. What, what he's trying to do is we're going to see he's trying to change his heart, And and change his his paradigm and the way he thinks about what he's doing. And I I wonder, you know, why now? You know, why reveal this information to Peter now? Why not, you know, when he was with Jesus, why didn't Jesus do it? And I think it was just about timing. There, there, there's kind of a, a period of adjustment as the kingdom is being ushered in and, and things are starting to change. And we know from the last few chapters that things are definitely not like they were since the pouring out of the Holy Spirit. Things are different. Uh, you might remember uh, Jesus when he met a Samaritan woman at Jacob's well and um, you know, what we're talking about today, and you're going to see this coming up, is that the church is becoming all-inclusive. It's going from this little, you know, just Jewish thing to being, being all-inclusive. And Jesus kind of gave an indication this, this would happen, but the timing wasn't quite there. And when he meets with this woman at the well, who's a Samaritan, Uh, He tells her this in verse 21 of John chapter 4. He says, Believe me, a time is coming when you will worship the Father, neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know, for salvation is from the Jews. Yet a time is coming and has now come when true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. For they are all the kind of worshipers the Father seeks. God is spirit and his worshipers must worship in spirit and truth. And so Jesus is giving a little bit, uh, you know, he's, the future here. And he's saying, look to this this lady, um, it, it's not going to matter where you worship. Like when my, when my kingdom fully comes, it, it, it's not going to matter. And it's not going to matter like who you are, if you're a Samaritan or, or, or a Jew or, or, or an Ethiopian eunuch. Because God's looking for worshipers everywhere on the planet who will worship him in spirit and in truth. And sometimes on Sunday morning, oftentimes when we're gathered with the leaders and we're praying uh, for our morning service and praying for you guys, uh, I pray that, that we will worship uh, in spirit and in truth. There's a time uh, later, Paul writes in Galatians 3.26, he says, so in Christ You are all children of God through faith. For all of you who were baptized into Christ have clothed yourselves with Christ. There's neither Jew nor Gentile, neither slave nor free, nor is there male or female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If you belong to Christ, then you are Abraham's seed. You know, before you had to really be Abraham's seed to be called Abraham's seed, to be called a descendant of Abraham, but it's a new day and, and that's what's happening. And so Peter is working off of an old paradigm and, and now God is about to kind of open him up and show him some, some things. And it's because of the work that Jesus did on the cross, the gospel, uh, it removes barriers. It, it opens up this relationship with God to all people. No one is excluded the veil you remember was torn when jesus died the veil in the temple that that meant like we have we have access now to to the holy place we have access to the father even though we're we still have sin but jesus took care of all that and everyone is welcome everyone is welcome you know sometimes we don't think we're very prejudiced but But we still have little prejudices about who's welcome and and who's not welcome and who's worthy and who's not quite worthy. Uh, Everyone has access to God. Republicans have access to God. Democrats, independents, (laughs) Raiders fans. I hate to say it, but Raiders fans, they can have a relationship with Jesus too. Uh, A lot of work has to be done there, but it it can happen. People in Wyoming, you know, I had to go there. I had to do it. Addicted people, non-addicted people, you know, people with a past, people who don't sing good. You know who you are. Uh, And those of you who do sing well. We all have access to the Father. Let's go on. Verse 14, surely... Not, Lord, Peter replied. I have never eaten anything impure or unclean. You know, Peter just kind of takes offense. Like, what do you, is this a trick, God? Are you trying to trick me? What are you doing here? Uh, You know, God knows what Peter's eating. He doesn't need to tell him. Uh, I think Peter's tone sounds like pride a little bit. Like, like, hey, you know, I know I'm the guy that was always messing up, and, you know, I'm cutting off people's ears, and I'm being called get behind me Satan and all that kind of stuff but, but this is an area man that I've owned and, and I've done really well at and, 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 and so God you can't take that away from me his tone sounds a little bit like legalism to me and maybe I'm reading a little bit too much into this but it's really what we're talking about and the voice spoke to him a second time do not call anything impure that God has made clean Verse 16, this happened three times, and immediately the sheet was taken back into heaven. And I don't know, three times just as kind of seems to be Peter's calling card, you know. He, he denied Jesus three times, and then he was restored three times, and now he's, this thing happens three times, this vision, and maybe that was just God's way of saying, hey, Peter, it's really me. You know, you and I, we do things in threes, and so uh, I don't know. That's just a little look into the, the mind of Jack, but... Verse 17, while Peter was wondering about the meaning of the vision, so he's still kind of in a fog about this. I don't know if he's had lunch or not. You know, he might have low blood sugar at this point. But uh, the the men sent by Cornelius found out where Simon's house was and stopped at the gate. They called out asking if Simon, uh, who was known as Peter, was staying there. While Peter was still thinking about the vision, the Spirit said to him, "Uh, Simon, three men are looking for you. So go up and go downstairs. Get up go downstairs. Do not hesitate to go with them, for I have sent them. So God's like orchestrating this this thing. It's really cool. And we're going to see it develop here. Verse 21, Peter went down and said to the men, I, I'm the one you're looking for. Why have you come? The men replied, we have come from Cornelius the centurion. He is a righteous and God-fearing man who is respected by all the Jewish people. A holy angel told him to ask you to come to his house so that, you, so that he can hear what you have to say. And Peter uh, invited the men into the house to be his guests. So, so Peter doesn't even know what he's going to say. Like he's learning what he's going to say right now. I mean, God's putting this thing together like in the 11th hour. And, and the next day, Peter started out with them. So they spend the night and, and they set out. Some of the believers from Joppa went along. So there's a little posse of them. The following day, he arrives in Caesarea Cornelius was expecting them and, and called uh, together his relatives and close friends. So he's like, hey, there's a great man of God coming. You know, you guys would probably do the same thing. Let's, you know, I'm just going to call everybody over. We're just going to have a party. And um, the next, uh, let's see, I lost my place. As Peter entered the house, Cornelius met him and fell at his feet in reverence. But Peter made him get up. I love that. Peter made him get up. Uh, You know, Peter's just not, he's just not full of himself. After everything that's happened, there's still a a humility to him. Peter made him get up. He said, stand up. I'm only a man myself. And um, that must have been quite a picture to see a Roman soldier who's in charge of other men, uh, you know, getting getting down on the ground in in front of Peter. It shows a lot of respect Verse 27, while talking with him, Peter went inside and found a large gathering of people. He said to them, you are well aware that it is against our law for a Jew to associate with or visit a Gentile. But God has shown me that I should not call anyone impure or unclean. So when I was sent for, I came without raising any objection. And may I ask why you sent for me? So Peter's like saying, hey, what, what's the other side of the story? Because I, I know my side of the story. I know what God did for me. But, and sometimes we do that. You, know? you, you meet somebody and, and you're like, well, you know, why are you here? Why did this happen? They tell you a little series of events and you're like, oh, that, that's like, must be God. And, and then it kind of lines up with, with exactly what God, because God's just up to stuff all the time. And I'm getting ahead of myself for my takeaways, but, but you see this being orchestrated here. And so Cornelius tells him the story in verse 30. Three days ago, I was in my house, I'm praying, and uh, he tells him the time, and suddenly a man in shining clothes stood before me and said, Cornelius, God has heard your prayer and remembered your gifts to the poor. Send a Joppa for Simon. And um, I'm gonna jump down a little bit for time but here's, here's kind of the cool part in verse 44. If you, if you jump down to verse 44, it says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit came on all who heard the message. The circumcised believers who had come with Peter were astonished that the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out even on Gentiles. So in this moment, they know it's a new day. This thing is all-inclusive. And um, verse 46, it says, for they heard them speaking in tongues, that was the proof, and praising God. I love this. If you think back to the Philip with the Samaritans and their conversion, it says that they, they believed and they were baptized, but they hadn't quite received the full gift of the Holy Spirit until um, Peter and John came and laid hands on them and prayed for them. Well, here we see a little different thing happening. We see them hearing the word, believing, and, and, and the Holy Spirit, and, and then the, you know, the baptism part comes later. So there, there's no like, right formula for all that. We, don't, we try to put all that in a box, but the, the, the main thing is that all those ingredients happen at, at some point in your faith journey. And, and we have a baptism uh, coming up in a couple of weeks. And and if you haven't been baptized, man, it is it is so amazing. Uh, I know it sounds a little scary. We're going to have a hot tub here, and uh, hopefully it's not a virtual baptism. I don't even know how you do that. But we're going we're gonna to do this thing. And so um, I just want to invite you into the, the waters of baptism if, if you've made a decision to follow Jesus, but you haven't been baptized yet. uh Verse uh, 47, then Peter said, surely no one can stand in the way of their being baptized with water. There it is. They have received the Holy Spirit just as we have. So he ordered that they be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. Uh, And then they asked Peter, they invited him to stay a few more days. What a great chapter. Just a a couple of takeaways today. Uh, One of them that kind of stands out to me is this. Sometimes we need a second conversion. What do I mean by that? Sometimes we need a second conversion. See, I think Cornelius certainly was con- converted, and, and he's the main point of the story, but if you look a little deeper, Peter was kind of converted too a little bit. He had like a second conversion from, from kind of legalism and, and, and bad religion uh, to, to grace and, and he, had, he had to make that switch to uh, walk in the fullness of everything that God had for him. Some of you have experienced this. Wendy and I experienced this. Uh, you know, we grew up in a church that was, was kind of on the legalism side of, of things. And, and, and if I do enough of this and, and I do enough of that, I, I can, you know, just kind of tip the balance of the scales. And, and I'll slide into, you know, heaven because I'm just a little bit better than that guy, Hitler, or whatever, you know? And that's kind of how we do this thing sometimes. And, and Jesus came to just blow all of that out of the water and, and bring us freedom. And and it takes time. If you've been in that for a long time, it, it's a process. And, and Peter had been in that. That's, that's, that's what he grew up with. And, and um, you know, for us, it was a like a three-year process. We, we did a year of kind of checking out other churches because we didn't know anything else, and then two years at the vineyard, and especially in our small group. I mean, those early years of us kind of being converted from, you know, our second conversion from legalism, I call it, uh, our small group was just so important to us during that time, and um, and just to be around people who, who, who lived in grace and understood grace and, and would extend grace to us while we while we processed. And I know this gets really confusing, like good religion, bad religion. Sometimes we think that religion, anything religion is bad. And, and that's not true. Uh, James, in James 1, 19, gives us a, a picture of, of what I call good religion. Um, just to kind of give you a little more information on this. He says, My dear brothers and sisters, take note of this. Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. Because human anger does not produce the righteousness that God desires. Therefore, get rid of all moral filth and evil that is so prevalent and humbly accept the word planted in you, which can save you. Do not merely listen to the word and so deceive yourselves. Do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in the mirror and after looking at himself, he goes away and immediately forgets what he looks like. But whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be blessed in what they do. Those who consider themselves, here it is, verse 26, religious, and you did not keep a tight rein on their tongues, deceive themselves, and their religion is worthless. Religion that God our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. So there's good religion and there's, there's bad religion. I, I think it can get confusing, but here, here in a nutshell is legalism is when we're trying to use ritual practices to obtain salvation or grace when we're trying to use our ritualistic practices to obtain salvation and grace, and, and when we prioritize traditions uh, of men above God's word. And that's what happened with the Ten Commandments. I mean, the Ten Commandments were, were, were meant to, you know, help people, but they turned into like 600 empty rules and regulations And so Jesus brought freedom from the law and freedom from legalism, meaning, like, we could never measure up, and and so he made up the difference. But sometimes people take this idea of freedom and go, well, I can just do whatever I want. Like, I can live however I want. Uh, Anything goes, you know? I'm under grace. And that's not what James is talking about. You know, we don't just get to pick and choose how we want to live. And, and some of that comes from Galatians 5, where Paul talks about freedom. But the context of that, he's talking, to, he's talking about um, circumcision for Gentile believers. And so he's very passionate about that. And then in Colossians 2, he talks about freedom. But the context of that is false prophets trying to pull people back into the Jewish religion. And so we need to have a balance with all of this. But some of us like i did and like peter did you may need a second conversion from from legalism number two and i only have three and then i'll be finished but since you're home sitting on your couch drinking coffee uh i think we can we can handle this right number two we never stop learning we never stop learning Uh, maybe you you know you you've been in church since you were two years old that's all you remember uh, we never stop learning. And I love this about Peter. Peter's learning something new. Uh, he's, he has to change his, his paradigm. And, you know, I wonder if, you know, Peter could have just reacted like, hey, you know, I'm done learning. I, I was in Jesus' seminary. You know, you can't tell me anything. I, I know everything. But no matter how much we think we have figured out, God is still smarter than us. And it takes a certain level of humility to say, you know, I'm, I'm still open to new ideas when it comes to faith and when it comes to God. Number three, God is radically pursuing his kids. I love this. He's radically pursuing his kids. His kids are all over the place. They're, the, 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 you know, Simon the sorcerer and this Roman soul, and God's orchestrating these things. He's radically pursuing his kids. What does that mean for us today? Well, you know, it, it, it means that your friends and your family, God's already at work in them. Sometimes we just need to come alongside and say, God, what are you up to? You know, and help them connect the dots uh, in their life. And I think sometimes we we make it too complicated. Here's this guy Cornelius, a Roman soldier. You know, he already loves God, he already fears God, he already prays to God, but but in the Jewish tradition and, and religion, he he can never be fully brought in uh, into a relationship with God or, or or accepted because he's uncircumcised and he eats the wrong food and, and he works for Rome and he doesn't talk right and he doesn't know the lingo. But God's radically pursuing this guy. And he, and he even brings in one of the heaviest hitters of the time to, to fully bring this guy in to the kingdom. And so I think if we just start to open up our eyes in a spiritual way and look around, especially during this, this coronavirus stuff, guys, this is when the church when the church stands up and, 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 and leads the way. And says, you know what? We don't need to be afraid. God is in control. Like, this, this world is not our home. This is not my final destination. And if you look back in history, every time something like this happens, the church rises, uh, the church grows. I mean, you know, I'm standing here talking to an empty room, but the church is going to grow. Like, we, it, it, she will not be stopped, okay? So um, we have something to give people during this time, and I wanna encourage you to give it, to give what you have, and what you have to give is hope. Let's pray. Father, I just thank you for, I um, thank you for your word. Uh, I mean, I always learn something, and and you are so big, uh, and I thank you that that you are radically pursuing people. You see them as your kids, and you want to be in a relationship with them. And and I thank you that you don't you don't give up on us easily. And um and Father, for those uh, here, you know that just. They may be struggling a little bit with this this legalism, and, and maybe they they grew up, you know, kind of like Peter did. Uh, I just pray that you show them uh, the areas in their lives where they where they can have freedom. Uh, I pray that we be a church that that like Peter, we, we never stop learning, uh, and we keep our humility intact. And uh, you know, when when someone tries to bow down to us, we, we say, get up, I'm, I'm just like you, man, I'm just a beggar trying to show other beggars where to find bread. Father, for uh, everything that's going on in our world right now, uh, we know that you are still in control. I pray that you will show us, uh, you will leverage us during this time to be peddlers of, of hope in a time when people are, are, are panicking. And full of fear. Bring your peace. Holy Spirit, bring your peace to our homes, to our city, to our country, and to our world. In Jesus' name, amen.
1: Good morning, Windsor Vineyard family. Um, Thank you for joining us on this crazy, weird Sunday morning or whatever time you decide to join us. Um, We decided to do some worship, um, even though we are spread far apart, at least six feet, apparently. Um, But anyway, we just wanted to welcome you and and just give you an opportunity to to hang out with Jesus. Um, So um, I just gathered a few of our, our worship uh team peeps to um to just come and play um we're actually here saturday night so it's a little weird and um yeah but i'm just gonna pray and uh we're just gonna we're just gonna worship jesus in the midst of the crazy so uh yeah so god thank you for um, all the things that you're doing and um god thank you that we can trust you in the midst of the chaos. Um, God, I ask that you would help us to be the church in this time, like for real. Um, Help us to reach out to people and help us to join us in what you're doing already. Um, Give us grace and mercy. God, help us to see you. And we just give you this time and ask that you would meet each person Um, wherever they are right now in their living room um, or in their car, wherever they are. Just meet them and um, we ask Holy Spirit that you would come and fill us, God, with your peace that we would pass that on to everyone we encounter that we know that you are in control and that you are good. God, we rest in you. No matter what happens, we will sing of your greatness.
2: Pour out our praise, it's your breath.
1: that you are in control that your name is higher than any virus or disease that your name is higher than any um, any crisis God we trust you through this process that you're gonna bring people together um, in a way that you never have before and God we ask that your name would be glorified through all of this. And God, as as you have um, just allowed everything to be shut down, God, would you come and speak to us in the quiet and in the stillness, God? God, we have no choice but to sit. And I ask that you remind us to sit with you. God, to sit in your presence. God, thank you for what you're going to do.
0: We need your grace and your
1: mercy.
2: You're working
1: even when I don't feel it. you're working you never stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when I, I can see it, see it you're working even when I don't see that, you're working you never
2: stop you never stop working you never stop you never stop working even when I don't see you working, even when I don't feel it workin'. you when... nit- your working, workin you never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never stop working. Even when I don't see you working, even when I don't feel it, working, you never stop, you never stop working, you never stop, you never stop working. You never stop, you never, you never stop working. You never stop, you never you stop so long. maker, miracle worker, calmness keeper, light in the darkness. My God, that is who you are. Your love, a miracle worker, calmness keeper, light in the darkness. Spry
1: we just want to thank you for joining us and um, yeah sharing this time with us Uh, we pray that you are blessed and encouraged and that you will go out and be the church um, to the people that you encounter hopefully there's just a few of them (laughs) Um, but may God bless you with health and protection and courage and grace and peace in Jesus name Have a great week, you guys.